This is a HeadGum Original. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are working our way through Lord of the Rings for the very first time, and we've got help from nerds, super fans, sometimes it's people who have contributed to the franchise. And Lauren, man, we've watched so much content. We have ingested more Lord of the Rings <laughs> than any fan of Lord of the Rings, I think, ever yeah, has. I, I, I truly think we, agree. We, we never thought it would be so intense. I, you know, I wondered how we'd get to 20 episodes when there weren't 20 movies. And Mm -hmm. and here we are. We're we're getting creative and we have a really exciting thing to bring today. But well, just to catch everyone up, we've now watched both the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. and the Hobbit trilogies. We've seen the Tolkien biopic. We've we've seen the animation trilogy. Okay. We've seen the fan film. Okay. (laughs) Made by fans. (laughs) We have done two rounds of fan fiction. We've written our own and we've seen plenty of memes and parodies to help Mm -hmm. us understand Mm -hmm. the internet for the rest of our days. We spent last week with the Middle Earth video game and now we're back for something really special. This week we are going to be playing our very first Dungeons and Dragons campaign, Lord of the Rings style. Now, I didn't even know it was called a campaign. I didn't know it was called a campaign either. Lauren, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Absolutely not, but, and I assume you haven't either. I haven't, but I did date a, I, well, I was fucking this dude who played Lord of the Rings, uh, D&D, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and he had the strangest character. He played a little person who was also, who thought they were in Les Mis, and he explained it to me, and it made me laugh so hard, That's and then so I was specific. like, but why did you choose this? But I guess you could choose anything. Well, that is something I like about this already. And my husband, Mike, does play D&D with some other people we know, like Zach Reno and Joey Greer. There's a handful of guys that play together and they have a lot of fun. And he has made it. He has said to me that I will enjoy D&D and that it is like improv. And that's what people say. But I don't understand it. And I don't where I'm at. What I don't get is and I, I can't wait to get into this. But what I don't get is like. How how is how is it anything? How is it a game if you could just make up the entire thing? Exactly. 
I don't understand. And then also there's a dungeon master. And I'll just introduce our dungeon master for today who's guiding us through Dungeons and Dragons. It's Brendan Lee Mulligan. Hey. Oh, Oh my my gosh. Well, Brendan is an actor and writer known for College Humor's Dimension 20 series, where he is the game master guiding fellow cast members through D&D campaign genres ranging from a Lord of the Rings parody and workplace comedy, which is funny, to one described as a John Hughes-esque high school coming-of-age story. That sounds fun. That does sound fun. We can't wait to see what he has in store for our campaign today, now that we know what a campaign is, sort of. (laughs) And Brennan, we're so excited to uh, do some Dungeons & Dragons with you. Uh, Gang, I couldn't be happier to be here. I'm so delighted. Uh, This podcast rules. You had a great friend of mine, Molly Ostertag, on here talking about fanfic not that long ago, Hobbit fanfic. Uh, And this is great. Lauren, this is my first time meeting you. Nicole was one of the nicest people to me in the world (laughs) when I was an itty-bitty little student at UCB in New York. Yes. Yep. Nicole was so That's kind nice. and welcoming to me as someone who was completely intimidated by everything having to do with the space. It's so funny. People say that a lot. They'll be like, man, you were so nice. My first memory of you is asking for a library book and you going, no, and then getting it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why would, Wait, did you work at this training center where you had to yeah. like lend out the library so, books? Yeah, I, I worked the library of the training center. I rented out rooms. Um, I would have to open up the training center in the mornings on Saturday and Sundays. And there was always a crowd of students waiting (laughs) for me. (laughs) And I'd be like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That feels like it would be a hard job. It was for you slash me slash many people. Very (laughs) hard. But yeah, Brennan, it's nice to see you. Quick question. So you're our dungeon master or are you a dungeon master? In this instance, both. Uh, uh, so Dungeon Master is just the role of a person running a game of D&D. Um, the name is extremely arch. It's, <laughs> it's, but it's just a person who's kind of like running the game. Um, uh, D&D is kind of a, a weird game in terms of having enough of a weight of rules behind it that there does need to be someone kind of leading the game and it's not that different from like a banker in monopoly which is also a game mm-hmm. that makes someone have a job right um but in this case the dm is basically the dungeon master or dm yeah, is basically just i was like hold on direct message <laughs> direct message there you go uh, uh not making any assumptions about about uh, familiarity or touchstones with the game so you're, you're the person who's dming is basically just actually taking a lot of the weight of responsibility off of players that are playing for the first time. Just like a direct message. Just like a direct (laughs) message, taking the weight off. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's bring it off of, off of Maine, bring it off of the newsfeed. Yes. So, uh, uh, I'll jump in and talk a little bit about the game and what to expect, because for a lot of reasons, this game is very, very daunting, right? Uh, Number one, it's daunting because Mm. very few games come with multiple textbooks, which this game does come with. I didn't Uh, realize that. Horrifying, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, but it's also interesting that you're doing this, especially in your Lord of the Rings season, because the game takes Mm -hmm. so much from Lord of the Rings, right? It's depictions of elves and dwarves. In the first publishing of the game, they called halflings hobbits, which is, of course, 
the one name that like J.R.R. Tolkien actually came up with and his estate was like, guys, you can't be doing that. That's straight up copyright infringement. And D&D <laughs> had to be like, chill, chill, chill. We're going to change it to halflings uh, okay. for, for like trademark reasons. Uh, so the game is, is definitely has this sort of like... Um, uh, so, so sorry, my my wonderful partner is he just texted me from the other room. Is this newcomers? Are you on newcomers right now? Hi, Izzy. Uh, hey, Izzy. Um, uh, so hi. Uh, 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 Nicole says hi. Lauren says hi. Um, uh, so I uh, love that. Um, so I'll just jump into describing the game and how it works and why it, it's a lot less. Um, intimidating okay. if you have an improv background, if you have a performance background, right? Okay. The weirdest thing about D&D that newcomers will notice right away is that unlike a lot of board games, there's no like win condition for D&D. I've often argued that D&D really isn't, if if I were to say that D&D is more like a game, like a board game, or more like an artistic exercise, like writing a script together or doing an improv show, it's way more like the latter because D&D doesn't have any rules for how the game ends. It doesn't have any rules for like how to win the game. <laughs> it's basically like, did you tell a dope story and have fun with your friends? Cool. In that, in that wow. sense, you have won the game. Just like a good improv set, the winning is a lot of people laughed and we feel good about ourselves. That's the win condition for D&D, right? Um, so it's so you might be asking like, well, if it's just a collaborative story, what's with all these fucking numbers? What's with the dice? Why are we going to all this hassle? So the thing that makes D&D like a game is basically rules set up to make us the storytellers, right? You two who are who are players who are playing mm -hmm. what we call player characters. We shorten that to PCs, right? So your job as improvisers in this game basically is Unlike in a normal set where everyone's kind of responsible for everything, you're just responsible for what your character would do. You're responsible for what they're thinking. You're responsible for what they're feeling. You're responsible for the actions they're taking, any ideas they come up with. But you have a nice limited sphere of the stuff you have to be in charge of, right? The dungeon master is in charge of literally everything else. All of your enemies, all of your allies, the weather, the environment, all that stuff, right? Um... And what's interesting, though, is that even though the DM is in charge of all of that stuff, the DM's actually in a support role because the camera follows you guys. Like, we really only go where you go and pay attention to what you do, and we meet other characters played by the DM because you decide to interact with them, right? I have a question. Uh, sure. So, like, when the DM is determining the weather and all this stuff, like, are you improvising and making Ooh. that up or is that based on rolling dice and there's sort of like a rule to how you get to that? That's an awesome question. Uh, it you. very much depends on like the style of the game. I won't lie. There are a huge amount of stylistic differences between different people that run in this game. If you have a super crunchy by the books, very fastidious DM, they might, you know, roll on a random weather table every day. <laughs> uh, but and there are other DMs that <laughs> I like will, that. Well, that will just like hand wave a lot of that. A shit. weather table, like a table that's like roll a one hundred sided die, wow. and depending on where the die rolls, certain weather will come up. Um, wow! So like some people have like multiple tables that they have different things going mm, on, and yes. they're like like it's like a DJ and you decide like a bunch when of to scratch and when records. to let it play and when to <laughs> fade into another song. Okay, this is <laughs> yeah. We get music. 
<laughs> now that's an analogy we understand because we're DJs. Yeah, we're Jam Master Nicole and Funk Master Lauren. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of those tables uh, uh, that, that the DM has random treasure generators, random uh, encounter tables where you might roll for a random encounter with wolves or monsters or beasts or whatever. Qu- query. Uh, so yeah. these tables, is it in the game on the internet or is it like an expansion pack where you like buy a table? I was wondering the same thing. Is it a table literally? So this is a great question. What's also fun here is we are deep diving into a section of the game that you guys absolutely don't need to worry about. So that's, it's interesting. But that rules. I love but it. But we're curious. So I love it. That's the, whole, that's the whole conceit, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a great point. It is an expansion packs, but the funny thing about D&D is basically D&D is a publishing company that makes all these additional rule books. But the funny thing about D&D is that past the player's handbook, the, the good th- way to think about D&D, like how does a company make a playable mm-hmm. game if there's 20 different books that you need, yeah. is you don't really need the books. The way the game is structured is 90%, 95% of the rules are optional. Because the rules are things like, here's a new list of spells. Your character could cast these spells, or they could cast from a shorter list of spells we gave you in the first book. You could get some treasure. This is some different treasure we made up. It's Here's the rules for how the treasure works. But if you don't find that treasure, it's also not really a deal breaker. So with all of this big daunting amount of lore, there's really like four or five things you have to remember. And other than that, everything else is just gravy, right? Um, Great. So that's a nice thing about the about the game um, to to give it in in a sort of analogy that I think really makes all of this gel together is D&D is a combination of three things. First one is just collaborative storytelling, right, which is each of you are in charge of a character who gets to be fun for all the reasons that playing a character in an improv set is fun. And it's just us making up a story together where you guys are the heroes, you're leading the way, and I'm kind of improvising with you and responding with the consequences of your actions in the world, right? Number two is uh, what the dice are for, what all these rules are for. And basically, why introduce dice into the game, right? If you're looking at your character sheets right now, you'll see all of these little Mm -hmm. plus signs. Like almost everything on here is like a plus sign, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's because the the central mechanic of D&D, the one rule, the one rule to bind them all, um, the one rule to uh, bring it all together is almost everything you're doing in D&D is rolling and adding one of these numbers for the appropriate thing you're trying to do. And Mm. there's a number you're trying to beat. And if you beat the number with that roll and adding whatever that little number is, you succeed. You do the thing. And if you get below it, you you get what you want. You get what you want. And both Mm -hmm. of them are Mm -hmm. interesting because failure and success are both interesting in a story. Right. So um, what now? Like, why do we have dice rolling? Why do we have these rules? Basically, the thing, the whole fucking point of all these dice and all these rules is in a collaborative story to get the feeling of dread, to get the feeling of, I don't know if this is gonna work or not. One of the issues you run into is we don't want things to be arbitrary. Let's say you guys are fighting a dragon and you guys go, you know, Nicole says, I'm gonna use this spell. And Lauren says, I take out my little halfling short sword and I go to stab the dragon. If we aren't using dice, I am left with this kind of decision to make where I either go like, yeah, it works, you did it. Or I go like, mm-hmm. no, I am i don't I don't feel that right now. Fuck you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And 
we can feel that that loses a lot of like dramatic tension. So what the dice are meant to do is represent risk, is represent I'm going to try something with an understanding that it's actually out of all of our hands, whether it succeeds or fails. So that's the whole point of dice rolling is we're basically gambling with storytelling. We're gambling very with- very interesting. Uh, so, so rather than, a, you know, having a win condition at the end of the game, like chess or Monopoly or whatever, we are- telling a story with all these little win conditions sprinkled throughout it as we're trying to advance mm-hmm. the story and succeeding or failing based on strategy and luck. And now I remember on Freaks and Geeks, they played D&D and it was like a board game. Mm-hmm. Now, so is this, so right now what we're looking at is for the people out there, it's DND, the letters dndbeyond.com. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're getting all of these character traits and plus or minuses and whatever. And so typically now, would you say people tend to play on this website? There's a bunch of websites people use. D&D Beyond oh. is a great resource. Uh, shout out to D&D Beyond. Um, uh, there's also a lot of virtual tabletops like Roll20 and other services out there. For us, just to keep things super duper simple, we're going to be playing in the theater of the mind, which means that I'm just going to <laughs> okay. narrate kind of what you are seeing rather than us having to mm-hmm. interact with a whole finicky Great. board top. So we're just going to hold the image of what's happening in our minds. But is there and- a f- there's a physical game, right, that you can still play? Well, here's the funny thing is that most Dungeons and Dragons games dip in and out of theater of the mind and battle boards. Mm. Because, for example, yeah, if you jump into a big fight, like on Dimension 20, we have custom made awesome battle sets where you can measure distance and figure out how big a fireball is and how many enemies it affects. And it's really sort of like to scale. But even with that, we will often go back into a role-playing episode where we are like doing cinematic edits where like we cut through a section of time or we narrate through downtime. Like you you spend a week in the grand library researching and kind of like montage through things. And in that, we're often like mm-hmm. cutting from location to location just verbally, just sort of talking out the scenes in our mind um, to kind of like propel the story forward. And in those instances, you wouldn't take the time to represent that on a board Uh, Because it's not necessary. Like, if you guys are just stopping at a roadside tavern and having an ale, (laughs) you don't need to know Mm -hmm. physically. It's sort of like you get the vibe, right? Like, we're having an ale in a tavern. We don't need to, like, spell out the distances. I love Um, that you just said ale. I didn't know we could have an ale in a tavern (laughs) in this game. I Um, guess, yeah, you can have a lot of fun. I want to ask you how how you became a fan of Lord of the Rings and D&D and if that was kind of at the same time or what that was. Hell yeah. My, uh, I, I, this was never going to miss me. My mom, <laughs> Elaine Lee, is a comic book writer. Oh, uh, cool. So, I, you know, I remember being five or six years old and being at like San Diego Comic-Con and comic book conventions. And this is way back. This was, you know, nerd culture has kind of become like synonymous with pop culture. It's mm-hmm. like Star Wars and all this, like big movies announced themselves at Comic-Con. I, I was a little kid in that world back in the days where, nerds versus jocks was not like an anachronism it was like a real part of like lived life that word is good anachronism yeah 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 yeah. uh uh i love that word um uh it's uh what is it i think it's greek for like to cut time anna anna chronos uh uh so anything that's anachronistic is like 
they wouldn't have had those hats in that time period. That's an anachronism. That didn't didn't exist then. Um, <laughs> I'm the looking at your mom right now, not to be a creep, but she's. Really I was cool looking up looking. anachronism. But <laughs> 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 Wait, what is your mom's name? I want to look at her too. Elaine uh, Lee. Her name's Elaine Lee. She's incredible. She. Uh, uh, she's beautiful. She's very beautiful, and she has really beautiful hair. Uh, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh, she was actually on a soap opera <laughs> Hell yeah, back in the day. Hell yeah, she is stunning. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, all becomes all about your mom yeah. for the next hour. <laughs> Honestly, not wrong. Uh, mul- she is a total polymath, multi-talented. <laughs> She's great. Um, Wait, you've got uh, all the words. What did you just say? <laughs> I said polymath. She's good at everything. She was an actress. She's a uh, playwright, uh, comic How book cool. writer. Um, but she, so I, I started homeschooling when I was ten years old, and my mom. Wow, uh, that's why you have all mom, the words. <laughs> yeah, you got like a good education. Yeah. Homeschool people are either very smart or like wildly stupid. It goes and- both ways. I, I did. Well, I'm watching Welcome to Plathville, which, by the way, I really recommend Nicole. TLC. It's, Yes. I got to watch it. Oh my God. It's crazy. But these, it's, it's a family that's homeschooled, but the parents are extremely um, overbearing with these mm-hmm. rules. So the kids are then now all, you know, rebelling against them because, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's fascinating. But um, I would like to hear about your experience because it sounds like it went well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It, uh, uh, the, well, I think that's the thing too, is that like, she put up a notice in like a local gaming store when I was a kid for like, hey, I have a young son who's looking to, you know, uh, and she just thought the game would be like good for me. Because the funny thing about D&D is for, for how, you know, de- definitively nerdy it is, it's fundamentally social. Like you can't do it alone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to have friends. And again, like it's the game is at its most fun when you're with people that you think are funny and cool, that you like the choices they're making. And, cool. you know, so it's like an inherently social game, uh, uh, you know, so I, it was a huge boon to my life, you know, been playing it since I was 10 years old, uh, you know, and it's absolutely uh, a stroke of insane good fortune that I've been able to make a career out of playing it, which is uh, just so deeply bizarre. That's so um, cool. Not to continue talking about your mom, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm now on her website. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty deep in it. Her comics are pretty fucking cool. This one, Vamps, looks really cool. Five yes. vampire brides divorce their master to hit the road on stolen Harleys. Are they running from cool. the lawman who's chasing them or just trying to escape their own past? I have to get my hands on this. That's incredible. Five divorced vampires. I love it. Right. Vamps <laughs> absolutely rules. It's like it's what's well, like the, the log line is like vampire biker chicks. Yes. And it's like very, very fun. Holy yeah. shit. Um, people should check out Vamps. Starstruck is an incredible groundbreaking like science fiction uh, uh comic book work uh if people uh my mom is like unchallenged world building sci-fi stuff like the world building in starstruck and people are into that kind of thing is incredible she's she's a, a genius she's wow great. i love Will this. your mother be my friend <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta you, you know what she's on twitter if you want to hit her up uh dude uh, okay don't be shocked when that happens uh, <laughs> well speaking of twitter actually you posted a viral twitter thread about how lord of the rings is simply a transcribed D campaign so we're gonna read a couple points that you made here 
And okay, so you said the confusing parts of Lord of the Rings start to make a lot more sense when you realize it's actually just a transcribed D&D campaign. It starts with a long, low-level adventure of just getting out of the Shire and getting the ring to Rivendell. DM originally prepped a low-level Hobbit campaign for their roommates who had never played before. <laughs> DM lets their friend Steve play an OP wizard character from a previous campaign because Steve is super busy IRL and only found out he could play at the last minute, but everyone's into it because Steve rules. <laughs> Steve is clearly a touring musician IRL because Gandalf is constantly dipping out of sessions for extremely weak in-game reasons. Steve also keeps writing original songs for the campaign world, which is why there's a goddamn new elf song on every other page. Word gets out that a fun campaign is going on. DM agrees to let Rachel play a badass ranger. She's so amped that she immediately writes 40 pages of backstory. DM reads it and thinks, this is honestly more compelling than what I had planned. Is this the campaign now? Meanwhile, three other close friends find out Rachel's joining and pressure DM to let them play too. DM caves immediately. DM responds to overwhelmingly large nine-person party by completely <laughs> shifting the tone of the campaign and giving a wild over-the-top <laughs> plot hook. The only way to save the world is to take this specific ring to a specific volcano. Got it? Everyone very psyched. Boromir's player Kevin tries to stir up trouble because that's what his character would do. Fucking Kevin. DM plans the most badass dungeon, ends up railroading the party a bit to get there. Uh, you can't go over to Cataras. It's uh, an evil mountain. What? What the hell's an evil mountain? Look, just go to Moria, okay? Dungeon's awesome. Great encounters. Pippin rolls a nat one on stealth. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Drums in the deep. And right before the final boss battle, Steve books a gig in another city that's going to take him out of town indefinitely. Everyone's super bummed. DM and Steve work out an awesome death scene. Other PCs escape. Very sad. Ends up making a great plot moment. Steve ceremoni ceremonially burns Gandalf's character sheet. Lots of hugs and tears at the end of the session. I understand this description of Lord of the Rings better than any description we've done. Or any, like, really? watching the movie. I actually oh agree. God. I thought that would be the most inside baseball thing no, in no. the world. At first, Fully I was I felt like I didn't know what was going on. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone coming in and changing yeah, it. In. Because Gandhi does dip in and out and the it does change to go to a different. Yeah, like I, I do get it. It's honestly wow. kind of interesting that I get it. <laughs> There's <laughs> a bizarre meta narrative with like all these references to like nat ones and shit like that. Well, that, that part that I didn't I get, know. but 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 we do yeah. feel like we're following this. And this is so. Then you updated this thread earlier this year describing all of the two towers. And do you plan to do it again with Return of the King, or are you kind of like tapped out at this point? That's coming up, right? I think yeah. I gotta I gotta finish out the trilogy. So, <laughs> I think it's like in January, right? Um, so sometime in January I'll go. I'll. I'll pen the next the, the last bit of yes january 28th is your deadline mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. <laughs> okay i gotta jump on that i gotta jump on that shit um no that's so fun but i think it's like it's it's such a funny thing so many creased people <laughs> uh quote tweeted that being like this is obviously inaccurate lord of the rings was published well before the creation of dungeons and dragons <laughs> And it's like, well, buddy, yeah. that's, the, that's the joke. That's the joke. That's yeah. what we're doing with the humor here is how we, okay, well, I that's when say, you. I think, I've, I mean, I've said it in other episodes, but Lord of the Rings fans have less of a sense of humor about the thing they love than uh, we noticed with Star Wars fans. Star yeah. Wars fans are more willing to like poke fun, but uh, I feel like uh, Lord of the Rings people are like, well, no, actually, No. Yeah, it's very it's very intense. Listen, I love Lord of the Rings to death. I cannot watch, you know, the ride of the Rohirrim without tearing up. It's like, you know, stories that have been in your brain since you were like a kid. But the it the the degree of like pomp and circumstance <laughs> 
around the Lord. Like one must be a little self-effacing. One must have a sense of humor, right? And this is, I'll say, my hot take again is like, everyone needs to calm down in terms of like attention to detail with the lore of a created universe. Because Mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings lore. You are not doing something comparable by memorizing all the books that one guy wrote (laughs) to what, say, a physicist is doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's just not comparable, uh, either in terms of its, like, import to humankind, nor to, like, how challenging it is to do that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of, like, nerd, nerd lore stuff, which is, like, people that get pushy about the lore of a nerdy franchise should have some humility because, like, you're big fishing in a very small pond. Like, this is just a handful of books, handful of this other stuff. And it, and yes, it's very crunchy. And there's a lot of it to learn. And there's like, there you can learn Elvish. It's a real, like, language you can go learn. But isn't sort of the point, I feel like sometimes there's a lot of these very mean gatekeeping nerds. Yeah. Mm-hmm that are like pushing people around. But it's like, if you wanted to do something genuinely nerdy and hard, I don't know, go design a rocket. That's like real. That's like <laughs> It's true. I mean, but I think with Star Wars, it's interesting because people are so willing to hate on it, even if yes. they're fans. They're like, I hate the new movie and I hate every choice they made. But then, so then when we make fun of it, I feel like there's like room for that. Whereas with Lord of the Rings, it feels like people haven't, they don't, they don't really accept that it's things aren't perfect Mm -hmm. you know like there's not much acknowledging that yeah well i think also that it's very like within fandom spaces it is okay to like to celebrate the joy that something gives you i think when you are mad at other people for not sharing your same passion just like interrogate that in yourself Mm -hmm. like why (laughs) why are you policing this th- like, does it really lessen your love for this thing that someone else doesn't get it? The answer to yeah. that's almost always going to be no, mm-hmm. it doesn't lessen yeah. it. Um, Although I have gotten irrationally angry. I was on a podcast and someone said that Ghost was not a good movie. And I felt heat in my body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you could say it's not a good movie. Yeah, this man, he just he really didn't like it. And I I. And that was like the moment where I understood fandoms because I was like, this man is attacking my childhood. All of my yeah. uh, things that I hold near and dear, my uh, my values. And then after the podcast, <laughs> I was like, no, he was not attacking your values. Everything is, oh, yeah. you're fine. But some I get it now. It feels personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, why don't we take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to play this game or Hell what yeah. I guess we're going to do a campaign. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to get it right. If you're wondering what a Nord VPN is, I'll tell you. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, a service that protects your internet connection and online privacy. A VPN creates an encrypted tunnel for your data, protect your online identity by hiding your IP address, and allow you to use public Wi-Fi hotspots safely. I'm using a Nord VPN myself. And honestly, it's very easy to use. You connect with one click to enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. It has amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there, and it supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Linux, even Android TV. 
You can switch your virtual location to access apps and websites in other countries. Get an exclusive NordVPN deal here at nordvpn.com slash newcomers. N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash newcomers. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Link is in the episode description. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we're back. Let's get into the campaign. Um, Yay! So I decided I would like to play Darkwin from my uh, my fanfic. And this is Darkwin's description. Uh, Darkwin is the daughter of Elrond. She's an elf. She's good at fighting and good at magic, but not good at stealth because she's the only black person in Middle Earth. She's married to Orlando Bloom and sometimes speaks like she's in Frozen, that Disney movie. <laughs> And my character is Samwise Parkington, um, inspired by our conversation about American Girl dolls <laughs> on a previous episode. Because <laughs> we got really into that. And by the way, we got a lot of positive feedback about that. We did, and I was so I'm really not, happy I'm about it. I'm not sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Samwise Parkington is a wealthy hobbit who has left the community but is returning for this mission. And she's not good at fighting, but she is good at hiding, and she likes to help the less fortunate and she can speak several languages, and she has a dog sidekick. Ooh, see, that's nice. I should have given myself an animal. Oh, also, Lauren, I bought my sister a vintage Molly set to apologize <gasps> for cutting her Molly doll's hair. It's like five outfits, the Molly doll, a stand, and a little desk. And oh it hasn't God. been delivered yet, but I'm really excited for her to get it. That's so exciting. That's such a good gift. Thank you. Oh, my God. She's going to be so excited. Okay, let's get into Brennan, this Brennan, did you have American Girl Dolls? Oh, yeah, do you have or... American Girl Dolls? Do you ever play with them? <laughs> I, I actually uh, had friends when I was in elementary school that were huge American Girl Dolls fans. And there was some bonding over Lord of the Rings lore and American Girl Dolls. Because I, I saw oh. Kindred Spirits. I was mm. like, ooh, there's a tremendous amount of like these young girls in my class mapping chronology yes. uh -huh. and talking yeah. about like what American girl would have as an older woman uh -huh. been able to meet another girl at her, in her oh, childhood. Oh, I like this thought mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. There's like That's a lot of lore. There is some lore to Wait, American Girls Doll. I have a question. Is, you said elementary school. I thought you were homeschooled. I'm just trying to, you know, get to the bottom of this. At 10 he was. Oh, okay. At 10. So at 10 I was homeschooled. I, I, I was, I was, 
you know, if we want to connect some dots for people here, I was so badly bullied during elementary school that I was no! taken out of oh, school. Oh, no. Uh, Poor thing. You know, the, hey, I don't agree with the kids who bullied me, but also if we're sort of putting together what kind of kid I was like uh, <laughs> in terms of reading Lord of the Rings under a tree during recess, I would bring animal fact cards to school. Not saying what happened to me was right, but, you know, we can follow <laughs> cause and effect you know, in our adulthood. It all worked mean. out well. Kids are so mean for no reason. They don't know why. Yes. And it's not. And it's, it's like, not, oh. it just sucks because like, I definitely was mean sometimes and I was bullied sometimes. And I feel like you just never know why it's happening in either direction mm -hmm. and you're 100%. just doing it and it's bad. Oh, and I started bullying after I got bullied. You know it's what I mean? Like, it's a cycle. You absolutely, you lash out, you feel unsafe. Yeah. hundred percent. And then sometimes I used to bully this one girl. And sometimes when you bully, the other people like hype you up to bully more. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. I guess I have to get meaner. You fucking idiot. And you're like, why yeah. did I say that? I'm sorry. Well, I know it feels bad. Mm -hmm. And there's also that attitude in your head where you go like, Hey, the one way I can make sure that I'm not a potential target mm. is to be mm -hmm. choosing the target. And totally. you know, so, uh, it all uh, makes sense now, but you know, at the time it's pain, it's pain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Dungeons and Dragons, basically, um, uh, uh, we're going to look here uh, real quick. I'm gonna. This is going to take no more than five minutes. I'm going to do a little screen share okay. just to help you guys out. Again, remembering D&D is collaborative storytelling, gambling with moments of high tension, mm -hmm. and then just fucking around and doing bits. Those three Great. things together is D&D. So I want both of you now to picture in your mind's eye, the Inn of the Prancing Pony, a house of rest and a tavern of good cheer in the Shireside village of Bree. Cool mist creeps through the night as a swinging lantern at the gate flickers in the evening chill. It is a cold late autumn night here in Middle-earth, and Pacing down the road together are three figures. The resplendent and regal daughter of Elrond Half-Elven, Darkwyn of Rivendell, who walks with her elven beauty hidden under a traveler's cloak, for indeed these are dangerous times, and one must keep vigilant on the road while the enemy Sauron marshals his forces in Mordor. Beside Darkwyn are another two figures. We see our chipper friend Samwise Parkington, the Hobbit Rogue, a stealthy and uh, a stealthy Hobbit of uh, some noble background in the Shire. Comes from uh, some country squire folk, much like the renowned Bilbo Baggins, uh, with her wonderful dog Wolf. Uh, Wolf the dog is a shaggy, gray, sort of long-legged, loping, and uh, like a lot of very cute, good dogs, uh, has a sort of that sort of sad, mopey, long dog, like hound dog expression as he pads loyally beside Samwise. Uh, I now turn it over to each of you. Uh, could you please give me a physical description of your character and how your character is feeling as you uh, end a long day's journey uh, to meet? up with Gandalf, Ooh. your friend and companion, who has a mission for you at the end of the Prancing Pony. Do you want to go first, yes. Lauren? Sure. 
Samwise, I um okay, so I'm I'm very short. I'm four feet tall. I have long brown hair and thick brown bangs. I am wearing a um, checkered dress and I have on, I have no shoes on and I'm actually starting out at this point, even though we've been traveling for a moment, I, I am very pulled together. Um, I tend to look very pulled together because of my family background and I was raised uh, to always respect your looks. So that's a focus for my, my person, myself. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love it too. Um, so, okay. Darkwin is like 5'11", maybe six feet tall. She looks very much like Naomi Campbell, very long hair, very, very, very pretty in the face, full lips. Um, she's like slender, but like rather curvy. She's Naomi Campbell. And <laughs> and she's wearing a like black, very, I guess it's like an elf outfit, but like it's very like skin tight lycra, like cat suit. But she's also wearing like a, a faux fur, she doesn't want to kill any animals, cloak with a hood. And her makeup is done rather well. Uh, very like berry lips, a blue based red, and she's uh, tired from the day. It has been a long travel here for sure. Um, uh, Darkwin, you hear a whisper uh, from the scabbard at your side holding your sword, this bright silver whip thin uh, fencing sword, Orenya. Uh, Orenya is a magical elven blade enchanted in one of the great wars of ages long past that was gifted to you by your father Elrond, knowing you were going on this travel. The spirit of Orenya speaks warning in times of danger uh, and speaks to you now. Mistress Darkwin, we approach this village of men and hobbits. Stinks like pipeweed and stale spirits here. We should be on the lookout for cutthroats, men-at-arms. I do not care for the folk of the village of Bree, mistress. Uh, and Darkwin may uh, respond uh, to any of this time. And for both of you playing, the two sort of modes you guys are going to play in is you can speak first-person dialogue. So, like, if a character's talking to you, I would say just respond in character like we were doing an improv set. Um, but when your character is taking a physical action, you narrate that third person. And because there's sometimes dice rolling involved, most time you're narrating action, you'll want to narrate it as an attempt, if that makes sense. So rather than being like, I take out my sword and I cut off the guy's head, because that's going to require a dice roll to see if it works, you would say, I take out my sword and swing, like I attack, and now we're going to see it, right? Mm, okay. Um, but yes, you see that Orenya speaks to you and says, says, Mistress, why have you left the safe harbor of Rivendell to come to this den of thieves and cutthroats? We should return to Rivendell at once, my mistress. Uh, no sword. I don't want to. I want to see what's up here. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very well, mistress. I suppose you know best. I'm, I'm sorry I spoke up. I just, I really care about you, you know, and I, I just feel like I would hate if anything were to happen and, I I just I feel a lot of pressure on myself. I just as a sword to protect you. Oh uh, no, 
I get it. I fully get it. But oh. like, I'm here with Sam Wise. Hey. You know, Wolf the dog is here. Uh, I think maybe since it's like the end of the day, we should get a, an ale. <gasps> yes. Uh, I, yes, we should. Um, uh, incredible. Uh, Sam Wise, uh, you, as you can see that uh, Darkman is speaking to her sword, Arenia, uh, you guys uh, come up to the large wooden planks of the closed gate of Bree and see a small door with a little shuttered window in it and a lantern hanging overhead. Um, uh, you would know that this is the guard post of the gate of Bree. Um, uh, what do you do as you approach? Um, okay. I actually have met this guard once before and I want to just knock and see if we can talk to him because I mean, I have a lot of charisma. Dark one has a lot of charisma. I feel like we're able, we're going to be able to get something out of this guy. Um, uh, wonderful. Um, uh, Sam wise, as you go up, uh, uh, and knock at the door, um, uh, I would like you to go ahead and roll persuasion for me um so that's one of your skills okay. i'm just gonna click that little plus seven next to persuasion Got it. for me it's plus seven mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna hit the thing and i rolled a 12 so it's 19 Ooh, 19 that's a nice high roll uh you knock on the door your little hobbit knocking um you uh hear a boot sort of tramping over to the door and you hear a voice through the woods say um, who is it until you need the hobbit door or the or the human door? Um, well, I guess technically I need both um, because okay. I'm a hobbit and my friend is an elf. Ah, okay. Um, uh, both a hobbit height window unlatches and a human one. For a brief moment, you see a kind of like um, acne marked uh, face, sort of lank black hair. Uh, this is uh, sort of snaggletooth uh, human gate guard. You, This is the guy you know, this is Cliff. Um, Cliff is a uh, is about like 19 years old. And you see he looks and sees Darkwin and then sees you and says, oh, two, two different heights at the same time. Okay, I'm gonna, ch- uh, okay. Uh, and you see that he lowers his head to the to be behind the wood in between both windows so he can see neither of you and goes, <laughs> does this work? Can you both hear me? No, I um, mean, we could hear you, but we can't see you. And I feel like it's, I mean, I, I don't, honestly, Cliff, I don't know if we have to see you, but we can't. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me, hold on. It could, could I impose on the elven maiden to lift her short friend up to to the higher window, or for the if you the shorter friend could lower your other friend down to the hobbit window. I think hmm. the easiest thing is for you to pick me up. I guess so. Okay, <laughs> I'm picking you up. <laughs> <laughs> You're strangely heavy. <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Darkwind, you heft your friend up, uh, and you see Cliff goes, Oh my goodness, it'd be easy, Samwise Parkington. Uh, you look lovely. Your checkered dress has nary a spot of road dust on it, and the hair on top of your feet is as combed and lustrous as ever, Miss Parkington. 
Thanks, Cliff. You look great, too. I love your shirt. Ah, it's a jerkin. I found it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, it's great. It's a great find. Yes. Uh, well, what brings you to the village of Bree at this late hour? Most have gone to bed except for uh, except for a few. <laughs> Ooh, you seem scared. Why? Uh, Darkwin, go ahead and roll an insight check. Uh, and you actually may roll this with advantage, which is a, uh, a m- mechanic in D&D that means because you have spotted something or because you have some sort of end character advantage, you're going to oh. roll twice and take the higher roll. Okay. So I just rolled and I got 13, 22. <gasps> nice. And then I get to roll again. And if it's higher, you can use this one. I just rolled again and got 25. Ooh, Darkwin. With a 25 insight, you peer into this human soul. You, Whoa. you, you, he is terrified. There is something very dangerous within the village. And you can tell that Cliff clearly has let some people into town that he should not have let in. Um, and he looks up at you and sees your radiant elven eyes and quakes Ooh. in his, his boots and says, huh? What? What? what Tell do you me mean? who you led into town. Tell me. Oh, oh, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, mistress. I've done a bad thing. I, I let uh, the, a group of raiders from the north came in. They, they bore the eye, the eye of Sauron. I saw it. One of them lifted a cape and there was a mark on the inside of his armor, but I was already letting them in and it seemed rude somehow to bring it up. Like, I didn't want to... to. Wait, why did you let them in? Why didn't you tell them to leave after you saw the Eye of Sauron? Oh, just, you know, they're already walking in and they're so excited to go to the inn and it's just, you know, starting oh, that boy. conversation. Oh, Dude... I'm, what? What do you mean? What? What? Well, You've no. never been in a situation where you. I was. It was bystander syndrome. What could I say? Look, I've been in similar situations. I've had my whole hobbit hole taken over by other hobbits, and they they did a whole thing where they washed dishes, and it was like really stressful. And yeah, I get it. But I mean, I feel like I learned from that experience, and I would never do that again. Maybe that was your first time having that happen, and you can learn from it. But. Uh, it's not ideal for us because now we have to deal with this. Yeah, and I just really wanted a cocktail or something, but now I feel like we have to go fight these people. Well, th- good luck. It's lucky for you. You could probably do both. They've taken over the inn at the prancing, the inn of the prancing pony. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, I just was looking around when I was letting them in, and I was like, "Is anyone going to do something about this?" You know, like I just didn't. Okay. Feel- Wait, are we at the Prancing Pony now? You're at the gate to breathe, but you look up past oh, Cliff okay. through the window and see the swinging sign of the end of the Prancing Pony. So we have to leave. We have to go to the Prancing okay, Pony. Okay, let's say bye, Cliff. We have to go. Bye, I mean, Cliff. it was nice seeing you, but... Well, we- wait a minute. You're, you're telling me it was a mistake that I let people in too quickly before... Should I do that now? Should I be diligent now? No, yes. don't be. Don't worry about us. We're good. Oh yeah, we're fine. I mean, can but we like give you a gift? Future. Is that possible to give you a gift to bribe you? <gasps> Are you explicitly asking me if I'm bribable <laughs> to my face? Yeah. Wait a minute. 
bribery is a sin, and it's exactly what a servant of the Dark Lord would do. No, no, That's no, not we're not true. servants of the Dark Lord. We're trying to like fight the Dark Lord and bribe you. And I have a lot of money, and so it's like not a big deal to me to try to bribe you right now. So can I just give you a little bit, just to, or something, a gift of some sort? So I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Samwise for a persuasion skill check. Okay. With disadvantage. That means you're going to roll and take the worst of the two because Cliff's noble sensibilities oh, wow. are, are offended in this moment. Man. Okay. So my persuasion is plus seven. Yes. And, and I'm going to say like, the, the number we need to beat here, Cliff is pretty persuadable. You need a, ten, I'm going to say you need a 10. So, so roll twice. And as long as both of them beat a 10, you will succeed. Okay. The first roll is five. So that's 12. Uh-huh. And then the second roll is two, so that's nine. <gasps> so you see, Cliff says, Ms. Parkington, your spotless dress and your perfectly quaffed foot hair might make you think you're the, the, the l- l- gentry of the land. I might be a snaggletooth gate guard, but I have principles and, and I shan't <laughs> be bought off I've already let a bunch of raiders in I I have to I'm going to take your advice and unless you can prove to me that you're not a servant of the dark lord I'm not going to let you in okay um I'm gonna can I I would like to show you that I'm not a servant of the dark lord by like doing some like white magic some like good magic uh uh incredible um uh go ahead um and you have some spells you can cast here um, okay. You have message, which is like short range telepathy. You also have the friends spell, which is like a momentary Ooh. charming. I'll use that. Um, incredible. Uh, friends is going to give you advantage on a persuasion check. Go ahead and roll persuasion twice, taking the higher of the two rolls. Okay, persuasion seventeen. So that's twenty eight. <laughs> that's and then fifteen. So, so I get to keep the 28. You get to keep the 28. 28, for, just for the for the record, a DC 30 allows you to do things that are near impossible. So a 28, oh. a 28 is like a superhumanly good role. Um uh, uh uh Nicole, please describe for us what this bit of elven magic looks like as you momentarily enchant Cliff the gate guard. Um, so I start glowing purple, <laughs> and then the purple kind of like radiates to like diamondy, and then I turn into diamond, like uh that lady in uh X-Men who's like not who's played by January Jones. So like <laughs> I'm all diamondy and I'm all shimmery, and that like really enchants him. He's like, Oh my god, that's like so beautiful. <gasps> and then uh it like washes over kind of like in the X-Men when Magneto makes the thing. And then that white stuff goes over the people and then uh, it puts a smile on his face. Um, Cliff looks up at you and says, Oh, what a fool I have been. Uh, clearly one who wields the magic of the elves. Mistress Darkwin, I would, I would die for you. I oh, would wow. die. For, let me let me do that for you. Whatever well, you need, you wow. may absolutely enter, and also okay. anything forever. Wow! Please let me, please let me help you. Okay, great, Samwise. What do we need? Oh, um, we need like a ton of unlimited snacks, and mm-hmm. we need um really cool ribbons for our hair. 
Yes. Um, you see Cliff throws wide the gate to Bree and says, Mistress Darkwin, most resplendent, more glorious than the even star, snacks and ribbons shall be yours! <laughs> and sprints into Bree, and you hear a crash as he leaps through the window of a general store <laughs> that has had all, all the lights turned off, uh, just sprints inside. Uh, and the, the village is yours to walk through. You hear rowdy noises of guffawing, like a, a snap of like a, a, a chair leg breaking, loud music that sort of stops and starts coming from the end of the Prancing Pony. Um, and then the rest of the village sort of creeps up the hillside into the mist that clings to the edge of the forest. Mm. Where do you go, Darkwin and Samwise? Samwise, should we go to, should we go get our cocktails? I think we should. I feel like that was a lot. That was kind of draining. I think we need yeah. to reset. We need drinks. Let's just catch okay. up a little bit and chill. We haven't sat in a long time. We haven't. We've been walking for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm in heels. Can you even? I don't even have shoes on. <laughs> I've always wondered about that, Samwise. Do your feet hurt? They actually don't. I don't feel anything. They're just thick, okay. thick, 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 thick soles. <laughs> All right, well, let's take them thick old dogs and go get a drink. Amazing. Uh, the two of you uh, walk up through here. Um, uh, you hear Orenya, your sword at your side, say, Be alert, mistress. We enter into the heart of danger now. Uh, and Okay, I pull out my sword and I kiss it and I say, I'll be careful. And I put it back. Uh, you, feel, uh, you feel a strong vibe from your sword. You hear kind of a, <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yes, of course, vigilance, my lady. Uh, 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 and you, uh, Samwise, um, you see that Wolf, your your hound, even uh, without sort of speaking the common tongue, sort of stays close to your side and looks up conspiratorially at you, narrowing his eyes as you both walk through the door. The rich smell, the musty rich smell of shire longleaf, of pipeweed, uh, fills the air. The smoke in the bar, there are many hanging candles from chandeliers, a roaring fire in the fireplace, but just the thickness of the pipeweed makes the visibility in here somewhat limited. Um, so rich smell of smoke, you smell ale covering the floor, there's straw. There are some like, a couple like pigs and goats off in a corner, very like country tavern, and the place is packed right now. But the vibe you immediately clock as the wrong kind of raucous, right? This is not the like, hey, we're having a party and we're throwing down and it's great. This is like some people having a dangerously good time and a little bit of simmering panic amongst like there is a young serving girl bringing drinks who clearly looks a little bit panicked on her face. And the innkeeper, Barleyman Butterbur, uh, looks over <laughs> as you see a group of about six partially armored, fur-caped-wearing northern raider types looking. Um, you see they have axes and swords on their side. From the blades of the axes, you see rust and wear, as in this is not the, like, never-used sword of a 19-year-old town guardsman. This is the axe of someone who fights and fights a lot to survive. Um... But you see that there are still some customers here. There is a band playing uh, at, a, at a small table, like fiddle and pipe kind of band. Uh, and you see they sort of look and stop playing for a minute. And one of the raiders in the back turns around and says, keep playing. We like to have music when we're having a good time. Uh, 
Barley Man turns to look at the two of you. Uh, his eyes go wide. Uh, would you say that either of you have ever met the innkeeper of the Prancing Pony, or is this your first time coming to this establishment? I think I've met him before. There's a twinkle in his eye that makes me feel like that maybe we fucked. Uh, Barleyman Butterbur, um, uh, with a thick mustache and big mutton chops, um, has like the sort of apron of a barman, looks over and goes, Oh, them raider. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, Mistress Darkwin. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing you here. Um, some many years it's been. Um, it's been a while. You look good. Oh, that's very kind. You look resplendent and glorious as the setting. Well, I mean, I do look like Naomi Campbell. So, like, thank you. Yes. And obviously I am withered by the passing of years. <laughs> you know, it's been yeah. some 20 years. I'm in a full different life stage. And you, of course, being immortal and unaging. So that's, mm -hmm. how's that going? Are you, is that good? <laughs> it's going really well. I, like, really love that I don't age, that, like, my hair is endlessly shiny. Uh, so, like, for me, that's good. Oh, this is my friend Sam Wine. Hey, sorry, <gasps> I wasn't going to say anything. I'm down here. It's fine. Oh, yeah. of course. Uh, 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 Sam Wines, of the, was this of the Hobbiton Parkingtons? Yes, that's my family. Yes, hi. Well, you see, he taps one of the barrels of ale and says, well, we have here a barrel of your family's finest. I'd uh, love a glass. Serve us up. Um, he uh, takes over. There's uh, Some of the stools have little ladders built into the side of them because everything here oh, is sort of nice. sized for humans. Um, but you uh, ascend a little ladder um, and he pours uh, two big frothy wooden tankards of ale, puts them in front of you. Um, uh, and he says... Um, are you hungry as well from a long day's journey? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, we need a snack. We need a meal. We need lots of snacks. Yeah. Um, uh, he looks off and says, well, I am very sorry that the hospitality of my house is diminished. I can offer you some cheese and a crust of bread. The stew that we normally offer, and you see his eyes dart over to the raiders, goes, has uh, woefully um, been depleted, I am afraid. Oh. Wow. Well, um, that's okay. I'm now a vegetarian, but like, are those raiders giving you trouble? Um, he looks around and he looks up and you see that there is a, what looks like uh, an, one of the innkeeping staff, like the people that sort of like washes the sheets and bedding of the beds upstairs, is suspended from the wall with a dagger oh no. through the back of his. And he he's, did? He's not dead. He's just hanging there in his shirt, oh, unable shit. to get out, sort of like a scarecrow. But you oh. see, he looks over at the at Barleyman Butterbur, who looks up at him, and he kind of like shrugs from where he's sort of stuck up on the wall like an ornament. Um, uh, Barleyman goes, "I, it's, uh, it's um, not. We're not keen on these guests. They uh, came out of the woods uh, earlier today, and they accosted young Cliff, uh, the watcher at the gate. Mm, um, yeah, um, but." He says, they, uh, they appear to be celebrating. Um, uh, you see, he says, they came on a mission of some kind, and I'm not sure what. Um, both of you can give me perception checks. Perception checks? It's one of your skills. Go okay. ahead and give me a perception check. So roll it? Go ahead and roll it and, and add, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll it and let me know what you get. Minus five and my plus seven, so 12. 12. Minus 15. Cool. Um... Uh, so both of you notice over by the Raiders, 
for dangerous men, these guys are cutting very loose. And mm-hmm. there is a vibe, I think, out of 15, Darkwing, that you kind of clock of celebration here. Mm-hmm. You see an enormous burlap sack, truly something that you would be like hard for one person to lift. Um uh, rests underneath the legs. Uh, the sort of what looks like the chief of the raiders there. Uh, one of these like northern humans. There's like long droopy black mustaches, long sort of black hair. Um, uh, he's got his boots up and his chair tilted back onto just the back two legs of the chair. And underneath his legs that he's sort of forming a bridge over is this big heavy sack that. Uh, again, looks like sort of the center of the celebration for these mm-hmm. guys here. Um, I want to open that sack. Hell yeah. Now, you guys are enjoying your lovely ale here at the bar. Uh, do you want to, to, in order to open that sack, how do you want to do it? Because approaching them is certainly going to get their attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to slam my ale and then approach. And I want to hide... Um, uh, on the <laughs> chandelier and be ready to attack if I need to. Hell yes. This is incredible. So actually some amazing teamwork happening here uh, with Darkwind slamming the ale and drawing all the attention in the room to her resplendent self. That's going to give advantage for Samwise to make a stealth check. Go ahead and make that stealth check, okay. Samwise. So my stealth points are 11. So let's see. Eight. 19. 19. And you have advantage, so roll again, and if this one's higher, you get to keep it. Five. Lower. Okay, so we're going to keep an eight, which is a 19. Um, uh, Now, what we're going to... So, you had a 19 on your stealth check. Uh, You cling to the shadows very, very easily. Um, 19 is very good. You don't think that these guys have spotted you. Um, But there are so many sort of... Uh, moving bodies in here that a perfect hiding spot is not going to really avail itself to you. Um, Where would Samwise like to move in waiting? Do you want to stay near the bar or move into this kind of back room that they've taken over? The Raiders are mostly in a back room that kind of like a back room in a lot of bars has like a big arched entrance. There's no door. The arch is probably about 15 feet wide. And there's uh, two little steps going up to kind of the raised back room table area that they can take over. Some lanterns, uh, sort of like Harlequin, like red and white diamond patterned wall behind them. Um, uh, do you want to try to move into that back room? Yes, I want to infiltrate. Amazing. You tuck in uh, and actually hide. They uh, One of the raiders has a massive circular wooden shield. The shield is about like almost three and a half feet wide and it's leaning against a wall and you crouch and tuck in behind that shield, able with your halfling body to hide behind that object. Um, uh, Darkwind, uh, as you slam your tankard and approach, you immediately catch the attention of these raiders uh, who turn up to look at you. Um, uh, one of them looks up and goes, well, 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 hello here. Don't see many elves traveling in this part of the world. Come to get the company of some real adventurers, eh? You trying to fuck me? What? I, I, um, I... I don't want it. <laughs> I want to know what's in your, <laughs> I want to know what's in your bag. <laughs> you see, um, I'm going to say go ahead and give me... 
an intimidate check here? Give me a give okay. me an intimidate check on your character. So that's 17. Incredible. Um, so you see this guy is stunned and just goes, uh I but I I didn't even make you uncomfortable at all. It didn't my plan. Well, I'm, I wasn't uncomfortable. I just like wasn't feeling what you were trying to serve. And I feel like you're like not nice and you're not up to any good things. So I want to see what's in the bag. Yeah. He goes, oh, you want to see what's in the bag, do you? Well. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> you see, this guy looks fucking, you see his squad looks around and is like, man, we've never seen the boss this rattled before. This fucking sucks. Um, uh, and you see, he goes. None of your beeswax, darling. Why don't you take it, turn it back around, and go talk to your friend, the barman? Because the only way you'll see in the inside of this bag is at the end of the sword, lovey. Oh, well, I have a sword. And then I pull out my sword and I go, <laughs> do you want to, like, do this? <laughs> um, We're going to roll initiative. Battle commences. Um, okay, I'm rolling it. 26. Oh my God, that is very, very good. Uh, uh, holy moly. Um, uh, and Samwise, would you go ahead and do the same thing? Yes, I want to um, uh, jump down and get something. Okay, so I have a plus five, so I'm going to do my roll, which mm-hmm. is 20, 25. Oh my God. Ooh, we're going to kick ass. You rolled a nat Hell 20. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Um, oh, I so rolled a nat 20. You rolled cool. a nat 20. Um, that's amazing. Um, uh, so uh, you guys both, I'm going to say that because you both rolled so insanely high um, uh, and Sam got that nat 20. Um, wait, I think I got a nat 22. Wait a minute. It's 20 plus six. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you Magic. guys have these dudes so goddamn stunned. Um, Darkwin, you are going to be first to act here. Um, okay. With that 26. Um, uh, so go ahead and let me know what you would like to do. Um, probably your best options are going to be um, I probably. Uh, um, I want to cut s- the head off the leader. <laughs> Amazing. You rush the leader. Um Go ahead and give me an attack. You're going to push that little plus eight next to Orenia. Next to Orenia. So 12 plus eight, 20. Oh my God. That is a definite hit. Um, Go ahead, if you would be so kind, um, Uh and roll. And now what you're going to do is this. You're actually going to roll damage for us. Um, uh, And I'm going to also say that you can, if you would like... Um, add a flourish here because you are uh, technically a College of Swords bard. Um, okay. Uh, the ones that I think make the most sense um, are uh, would probably be slashing flourish, which lets you deal extra damage. I want that one. How do I do that one? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you're going to just use a bardic inspiration, which is for free. Um, okay. And now what I want you to do is... Oh my God, Slashing Flourish also lets you deal that damage partially to another nearby person. Great. Um, so go ahead first and next to that number plus eight, you're gonna see 1d8 plus seven. Go ahead uh-huh. and roll that. Okay. Oh, that's four plus seven, that's 11. That is 11. Um, now what I want you to do is on the lower, very lower left of your screen, you'll see a little red dice icon. Um, 
If you click that, a bunch of little shapes should appear. Let me know if that works. A bunch, yes. Um, go three up, so above the cube, and just press mm-hmm. that one, the D8. Okay, and then roll? And then roll it. Five. Incredible. Um, so you dealt 11 and then five, so that's 16 points of damage. Um, and then you do another five uh, to the guy next to him. Um, and then you actually have what you can do, I believe, a bonus action as Ooh. well. Um, so you can actually use another bardic inspiration. Um, uh, and you can give uh, uh, a D8. So you can you can bless Samwise and give her a D8 to use on an attack. Okay, well. I'm going to bless Samwise. Um, incredible. Samwise, uh, you see Darkwin uh, uh, just completely unimpressed with this oafish raider. Um, leap forward, draw Arenya. The elven steel quivers in your outstretched hand, Darkwin. Your sword goes, yes, I live for this! And you uh, reach forward. You slash across the bandit's leader's face, cut through his jaw. A bunch of teeth scatter on the ground. Ooh. He falls out of his chair. You have badly hurt him in your first attack of the combat such that you kick the chair over and even skewer one of his nearby allies through the arm who falls to the ground uh, with enough time left to spin around and scintillating diamond energy flies from your non-sword hand as Samwise begins her turn blessing her. Incredible. Um, Samwise, that is your turn. Okay, so do I have to say what I want or do I roll something? Uh, you say what you want, and then we'll go ahead. And okay, so I want to like go really low with my sword and slice the ankles of everyone in the room. <laughs> um, uh, hell yes. So you are only going to be making one attack per turn. So if you want to sl- slash someone's ankles, you can absolutely slash whoever's ankles you want. There's only about five guys in this room right now, and one of them has just gotten, uh, you know, badly hurt by Darkwin. Um, but um, uh, if you would like, um, you can make a sneak attack on one of the people standing near the shield, or you can make a run for the bandit captain at the end of the table. Uh, remember, you also have cunning action. So you could do stuff this turn and hide again at the end of your turn. Okay, what I want to do is slice the guy next to me at the ankles so that his feet go fall off completely and he just <laughs> falls onto like the stumps of his legs. And then... In- I'm going to hide again and he won't even know who did it. Uh, incredible. Uh, Sam, perfect. bear in mind, you also now can add a D8 to these rolls because you've been blessed by Darkwin with Elven Magic. Okay. So go ahead and roll your attack roll. These guys are not as tough as the bandit captain. So um, uh, go ahead and make your attack roll. You're just attacking one of the one of the lower ranking bandits right now. Okay, I got a six. Add your um, attack modifier to that for your moon-touched short sword. So it's uh, six. Let's see. Okay, so that's plus eight. Plus eight. So six plus eight is 14. Let me double check these guys' armor class. If it's 14 or lower, they're toast. These guys' armor class is 12. Uh, you absolutely hit. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to roll the damage for your short sword. So go ahead and roll the 1d6, which is the normal cube die. That's a three. That's a three. Go ahead now and roll that um, three more times because you're going to add your sneak attack damage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Four, one, two. 
You deal 10 damage plus your dexterity, which is 15. How many hit points do these guys have? <laughs> uh, these guys only have 11 hit points. Samwise, you, so Darkwind is like in the middle of the room radiating <laughs> light and all of these bandits go, Wow! And one dude is standing right next to that shield. You pop out, just clip through both ankles, <laughs> and he falls off his legs, <laughs> screams, <laughs> um, and both guys go, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" He's like, "My feet! I don't know." And you're, you are immediately. Uh, go ahead and give me a stealth check. Okay, so my stealth is plus eleven. So I'm going to, so I had to roll the 20-sided die? Roll the 20-sided. Okay. Yeah. Five. 16. So that, 16. Great. Cool, cool, cool. Um, these guys pass the perception. So um, uh, so Samwise, uh, the normal bandits are fooled, but on 16, you see that the bandit captain on the floor saw you swipe his dude's feet off. Oh, no. Uh, uh, and can see where you're hiding. Um, but uh, that's going to be um, these Bandits first. Uh, They're going to come and make their attacks. Four bandits are going to take swings at Darkwind. Uh, Oh, sorry, only only three now. One of them is is done. Um, uh, So three bandits, so AC 16. These guys each get a plus four. They need a 12 or higher here. Um, Miss, hit. Miss. Um, uh, Darkwind, uh, these bandits uh, descend on you. Uh, you easily parry two of the blows. Um, mm-hmm. One blow lands lightly grazing your forearm for three points of damage. So Darkwind, your character sheet, you can see that you have 38 hit points on the upper right. Mm-hmm. You now have 35 hit points. So this is not anywhere close to a lethal blow, but instead a slight injury on your arm. Should I change it? Yes, if you, uh, the number on the left, you can double click mm-hmm. and change that to 35. Okay. Uh, Incredible. The bandit captain um, leaps to his feet, rushes across the room, kicks the shield off the top of Samwise, and is going, oh, no. to, make, is going to make an attack uh. for Samwise. Um, uh, Samwise's armor class is a 16. This captain is going to hit on an 11 or higher. Let's make these rolls. And this captain gets three attacks. Oh, no. Miss. Miss. And miss. Oh, my God. Um, Samwise, you watch the shield fly off the top of you. Uh, This captain takes this rusty axe out and you do that thing where you just tuck your arms and just keep rolling to the left as (laughs) clang, clang, clang. This axe comes down, uh, stone glinting off the floor. Um, Darkwind, that returns to the top of the order. It is your turn again. Okay, guys, show me what's in the bag. Yes. (laughs) Obsessed with the bag. I want to know what's in that bag. Um, uh, uh, Darkwind, I love it. Um, Would you say in this moment you are attempting to uh, persuade or intimidate? Um, I think I'm just like, if you show me what's in the bag, like all of this will be done. I'm going to say that's a pretty reasonable request. Right? That's a pretty reasonable request. So I'm going to say on on a D, but they are also fighting with you and these aren't reasonable guys. Okay. We're going to say that this is a DC 20. So go ahead and roll your persuasion die. You're trying to hit a DC okay. 20. Yikes, 12. 
12 is not super high. However, no. that's a free interaction. You see the, the raider goes, no, your life. We're going to kill both of you. Um, you I don't could, like that. You, uh, you could, if you want to, attempt to open the bag right now because the bandit captain has abandoned the bag. Okay, I'm going to open it. Yes. Um, incredible. Um, this is a free object interaction. Um, Darkwin, you lower the edge of Orenya um, and slit the side of the bag open with your elven blade and tumbling out of the bag fully hogtied and gagged is Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf. Oh my God. Oh my God. I opened that bag. Oh my God. I undo his mouth. Candy. Um, uh, just, I also want to be clear. We are, we, we do want to probably wrap up for time reasons, right? Oh, sure. Sure, yes, sure. Yes, yes. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So Gandalf, as you uh, open his gag, goes, wizard, you shall not pass. Um, and all of the raiders are boom, stunned in a blast of light. Um, uh, all of them begin to run out, except for one of them who crawls out, um, uh, with, uh, his feet tucked into his bag. Um, hmm. Wait, wait up for me. Um, you see Gandalf stands up and says, huh, Miss Parkington, Lady Darkwin, thank you ever so much for rescuing me from those dratted raiders. I dare not think what might have happened if those servants of Sauron had managed to abscond with me. I owe you a tremendous debt of gratitude. Do you snacks? Yeah, what about ribbons? Um, you guys see crashing through the window, <laughs> covered in blood and just glass all stuck in his body is Cliff holding a huge pile of like candied nuts. And there looks like Ooh, some different sweets and baked goods and just so many ribbons. And he goes, my lady Darkwin, I've robbed every general store in town looking for only the finest snacks. Do these, uh, will these satisfy my lady? Yes, and now we need to go to sleep. <laughs> yes, we all need to go to sleep. Let's all cuddle up by the fire, shall we? Yes, let's yeah. sleep in a pile. We'll sleep in a pile on the floor. Um, and having ridded the town of these terrible raiders, uh, Samwise, Darkwin, Orenya, Wolf, uh, Gandalf the Grey and even sweet blood-covered Cliff all <laughs> snooze gently by a roaring fire. Yay. And that's where we'll end our tale. That was fun. Honestly, I had a very nice time. Me too. And it was very funny that Brennan was the one to be like, we should wrap this up. Because I was like, well, I need to know how this is going to end. <laughs> I loved it. That was awesome. I just know you guys are making a podcast. So this was regular. Most D&D sessions do go for like three or four hours. So, you know, it's like uh, uh -huh. not unheard of. But um, uh, yeah, I it's do reasonable, have a question. Though. Yeah. How did you, were you making up all of that stuff? Or did, or did you have things pre-planned? And how did you know what we needed to be rolling? Um, so those are great questions. Um, all told... Uh, uh, obviously most of this stuff is just from Lord of the Rings, like in at the prancing pony, Bree, Barley man, Butterbur. Mm -hmm. That's all, you know, these are all characters you've seen in the movies. Um, mm. but, um, uh, the plot of it, like the Raiders and the villains like that, that's all made up. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, I'm like improvising through it, um, along with you guys. Um, so it's sort of a, it's being a DM is kind of a combination of having 
a loose script in your mind of like knowing kind of what's going on, but having the flexibility to improv your way through it. Um, and then uh, for those numbers, yes, I am arbitrarily setting those, but there's a loose rubric for those kind of tasks, right? So like a DC 30 is like a near impossible task. You almost never have a task higher than 30. Mm -hmm. DC 20 is like very challenging. 15 is like intermediate. 10 is like, you know, a challenge, but but pretty, pretty doable. And then five is like a trivial task. Five is like, man, you got to fuck it up to not be able to hit a DC five. Okay. Another question I have. Do you enjoy playing or being a DM more? Well, I would say that I love them both. I definitely DM way more than I play. And I am constantly singing a sad little song about how no one will run games that I get to play in. <laughs> um, but the truth is, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, being a DM is kind of like being the friend in the group that like makes baked goods, where it's mm. like, once you do it, you're gonna be the one doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so there's, there's that element of like, um, and also because of the nature of the game, you, like, there's only one DM and you can have multiple players. So like, but once you, st it's sort of like, yeah, once you start DMing, you kind of tend to become a perma DM. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I would love to play more. Um, it's super, super fun, but it's very, it's very fun to be a DM as well. You fun. were very fun. I really enjoyed yeah, it was, everything I, that you did. Honestly, <laughs> I had a really great time. Me too. I was, I was kind of going, I could see myself doing this again. And I'm, yeah, and I was like, who, who do I know that can play with me? Nicole, I know people who are uh, would be excited to have you in there. I think I might try to play I mean, again. This could be fun. I, this was you really gave a great intro to this, Brennan, because yes. I think both of us were like, "What is going on?" And uh -huh. and that was really cool. I liked I'm it. Th oh my god! Yeah, I'll I, be honest. I thought it was going to be very boring and dumb, but then like <gasps> you get into it, and I, like when Lauren was like, "I would like to cut everyone's feet off." <laughs> I was like, this is fun. Yeah, you it's can, really it, it's fun. Like, that's such a funny thing. And like, what a treat. It is really fun. Oh, I, I can't tell you. I didn't want to show it, but I had nerves because I, you guys <laughs> oh, do this no, podcast. So about, great. Oh, I'm so no. glad. Well, because, because it's like, you know, it's it is definite. It's a very daunting game. But I think that at its core, like, I, th I think what it is, is that very quickly you you osmos. The central premise, which is like, oh, yeah, we're just rolling a die to see if a thing works or not. Mm -hmm. And it really quickly stops being intimidating as you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, I, don't, I think it's similar to like driving where like a car seems really intimidating, but mm -hmm. it's a pretty quick curve to be like, oh, like I'm driving. It's scary. And then you're like, oh, it's it's. It gets in your bones. It's intuitive. And then you're like, got it. Cool. I don't need any more explanation. Like, mm -hmm. let's play. Yeah. Let's have fun. Yeah. Um, uh, then, oh, that I'm so really glad great. you guys should play. It's the most fun in the world. This is my favorite game. It's great. It was awesome. Well, thank you for introducing yes. it to us. We are at the end of the episode. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, hell yeah. I mean, you, uh, uh, check out Dimension 20, new episodes every Wednesday. Uh, if you dug this awesome episode with, uh, Lauren and Nicole playing, uh, hilarious, badass adventurers, Dimension 20 has a bunch of your favorite comedians and college humor alumni 
playing uh, this playing D and D together in a bunch of wacky different settings, not Middle Earth, but in you know various fun uh, homebrew campaign settings. Uh, and you can find me at Brennan LM on Twitter and at Brennan Lee Mulligan on Instagram. Thanks so much for Amazing. having me. Amazing. Thank you yes, for doing thank it. Thank you for doing it. We have a little um, Battle of the Five Stars segment here where we read a five-star review. So if you are out there and you want to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform for a chance to have it read on air, please do that. And this one is called American Girl by Leany726 on Apple Podcasts. I have loved both seasons so much and can't wait for season three. After the latest memes episode, I have to ask, have you considered doing American <laughs> Girl for season three? There's 15 movies plus the oh, books, wow. magazine, and trading cards so much. At the very least, please consider this a vote against Marvel. <laughs> Thank you, Leany. We appreciate a vote against Marvel. Uh, People are pretty against Marvel. People are either very for it or very I'm against it. I'm hearing a lot it. of for it, so I don't know. But um, mm, do you have anything okay. you want to plug, Nicole? Um, yeah. I have a Patreon where I talk about 90 Day Fiance. It's called 90 Day Bay. It's me and Marcy Jarrow just gabbing about my favorite show on television. Uh, and then if you watch Nailed It, that's nice. Every stream counts. Um, yeah, Lauren, what do you want to promote? I have a Patreon as well, patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus. I do improv and watch alongs with movies. I'm doing a lot of holiday stuff and right that's what's going on right now. And um what else? I Oh, I'm on the new season of Animaniacs. I was really excited to get to do that. Congrats. That's Thank fucking you. cool. Wow. I love Animaniacs. So I'm oh my in God. episode six of the new season on Hulu and I play a cupcake and an alien. So check that out. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's it. Well, oh, wait, I have one more thing. Mm -hmm. It's getting colder. Um, so if you have unwanted coats and stuff, there's a ton of coat drives in your area. I promise it takes a very quick Google. Um, it's nice to take care of our in-house friends. Um, also, Mitra Johari on Instagram and on her Twitter will announce when she's doing hygiene drives. If you live in L.A. or whatever, she makes hygiene kits for our unhoused friends, which is like tampons and stuff. And a box of tampons goes a long way for someone who doesn't have a box of tampons. So think about that uh, as opposed to buying like a PS5. That's very smart and nice and thoughtful. Well, it's the holidays. It's tough. We got to do everything people, we can. You know, it sucks. But yeah, that's it for well, us today. We'll be back next week for more Lord of the Rings goodness. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye bye. That was a Hidgum original.